Hey guys, you're here. I'm here. I'm pleased. You know I love the company. Shout out to everybody for being here. This is me, Danny, and you're listening to the Just Saying Podcast. Okay, so this past, I don't know, whatever time, this past week, we found out that the sentence for Derek Chauvin has been given. If you're not familiar, if you're not up on the news, he got 22 and a half years. I don't know much about sentencing and things like that, but from what I understand, it was like kind of like a 22 and a half kind of means something. I don't know what that means, but all I do know is that because of the fact that it was a murder, <laughs> like we know it was, and because of the way that he murdered that man, and because of his abuse of his position, you know, I, the expectation would be that the expectation, if you were, I don't know, a white male who, you know, was waiting for the the sentencing of a black man, the expectation would be that there would be more time. And the truth would be that there would be more time given. Hell, there's been some guys who have had far less violent crimes been given more time in jail for crimes than some 22 and a half years. There's dudes in there right now who went to jail when I was in high school, and I ain't been there in a good long time for, like, weed because it was a drug charge. You know, it's just crazy. It's crazy. There's people that's been in jail since my mama was in high school for a drug charge, and my mama's 60-something. Like, and this man murdered somebody in broad daylight, which is what we would say if we saw some, you know, some kids in the hood. We'd be like, they murdered a man in broad daylight. They, he murdered a man in broad daylight in front of tons of people and cameras. And he got 22 and a half years. And the, and the sadder thing about that is he's not even going to spend 22 and a half years in jail. That's not even a thing that's going to happen to him. He's going to be in there maybe 10, maybe 10. That's crazy to me. Like, how how are you going to spend only 10 years in jail? Like, what? What is the, I just don't understand. My man's is only 45 years old. Ten years? Put me at a cute little 55? That doesn't make sense. The conviction, what? It, it was a murder conviction, and you, he can come home at 55? At 55, I'm still going to be kicking it. Like, what are we talking about? The only thing that maybe we could be um, assured of is that he won't be able to be a police a police officer when he come out. But at 55, you still going to be able to live, live. That's not, that is just ridiculous. And I don't want to be one of the people because, you know, I try, I try, I try hard to be one of those, you know, people who try to see the other perspective in things. But this right here, the only thing, and this this ain't going to be nice, the only thing that I can say is in 10 years his mama may not be here and he's, and he's, and he's probably going to miss the passing of his mama because he's going to be in jail. But that's it. Like... I don't know if the man got kids. I don't care. I don't, I really don't, you know. It's always sad when kids have to be affected by their parents. If he does have kids, that's sad. But this ain't enough, y'all. And this is why, you know, when you see, oh, they convicted somebody, it's not enough. Like, we can't celebrate on the conviction because the verdict come out and it be this nonsense. The verdict come out and it be this. Ugh. The justice system is a joke. We all know that it is, but the justice system is a joke. This was a joke. 
and this don't do nothing for the family. I, I don't believe that, you know, any sentence really does much for a family except to know that somebody who is a heinous murderer is off, is, is off the streets for a little while. But we got so many more that need to, to, to do it that it don't even make sense. Like, we have so many more people who you know, need to be off the streets that this little bit of this little bit of ten years ain't enough. We need to be rocking them up now. I don't know, y'all. I I I'm disgusted. I don't know how y'all feel about it, but I personally am disgusted by it. But this is again one of those things that, you know, it's it's news, but unfortunately we're gonna be moving on to some other and United States of America nonsense soon. So, you know, let's just hope that he's he has to serve more than less of the time given. And, you know, I'm not even going to say the rest. Just, you know, hope that he spends more than less of the time given. When I was, um, when I was in my 20s, and Lil Bow Wow came out. He was a cute little thing, right? Um, he's like 10 years younger than me. And so when he came out, it was just like, oh, he's cute, you know. I, don't, I think he came out, he was like 8 or something like that. So that would have put me at like 18. And I was just like, you know, look at this cute little boy. And then he did all the movies. You know, I saw most of them because... I had kids, and so, you know, I saw a good bit of the, I think I'm, I may have seen every movie Bow Wow was in, with the exception of the um, Fast and the Furious franchise, because I just, I haven't seen those movies, not not really because I'm just like, yeah, but it just hasn't called me, but, you know, he been rapping for a long time and has, you know, uh, evolved into an actor. He doesn't even go by Bawa anymore. From what I understand, he's tried to elevate himself and use his actual name of Shad Moss, which is cool. You know, I respect all of that. Then I don't remember when it was, but I do remember Soldier Boy and the um, Crank That song. I don't remember when that came out. I ain't looking it up. I don't remember when it came out, but I remember that it did come out and everybody was trying to um, crank that Soldier Boy, right? And everybody knew, you know, I know that, you know, people knew some of the songs. So when they said that there was going to be the verses, I was like, let you know, this could be entertaining. I don't know. I thought, you know, that these two was going to play, you know, into the cameras and be, you know, I don't want to say goofy because I, I don't feel like I've ever seen Bow Wow like goofy. Yes, he, you know, he'd be trolling from, from what they say. He trolls on the Internet and then, you know, does a lot of things that look one way, but they not really the way that they look. And there was the Bow Wow challenge at one point and all this stuff. But I was, you know, I'm not really that familiar with Soldier Boy's Internet um, life except, you know, clips that come out and any time a clip come out of him he sounds like a clown. So I was just kinda like I just, you know, didn't respect the presentation of himself that, you know, he he presents when I hear clips of him. So I never really look for him anywhere. And of course we all know, you know, if you on the, the internet and you know the TikTok, you know everybody was doing that she make it clap 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 video. That's a soldier boy song. And so, you know, I thought this could be entertaining. They tried to initially match Bawa up with uh Romeo, remember little Romeo Masterpiece son. They tried to match him up with him, but Romeo doesn't have enough songs. And a versus is uh it's supposed to be 20 songs. If y'all don't, do y'all know what Versus is? Versus is this um, show that started during the pandemic. It it um, It's two artists, and they played their songs back-to-back, back-to-back, you know, their hits, to take us back down memory lane. It's usually older artists. You know, have a bunch of hits, and then you get on there, and you be like, oh, I remember that one. They've, they've done a lot of verses over the past year 
it is started by Timbaland and Swiss Beats, who are two of the uh, most famous um, producers. They're not the most famous. They are two of the most famous. Don't get down and be like, what about Dr. Dre? I don't got time to hear about it. Um, but they are two of the most famous producers. And, um, you know, Swiss Beats was with like DMX and all and, and the Rough Riders and stuff. That's where he came from. And um, Timberland, he came from Missy Elliott and Jodeci and Aaliyah. He was that's that's who that's who he was working with. Okay, um, and so they started this versus and they put people up against each other. There's been many of them. You can go on YouTube and look up versus V E R Z U Z and um you know, watch a bunch of the old ones. There was Patti LaBelle and Gladys Knight. There was the Osley Brothers and the, um, who did they go up against? The Osley Brothers went up against Earth, Wind & Fire. They've had Erica Badu and um, Jill Scott. They had Brandy and Monica. Like, if you, you know, I, if I talk about them pretty much on here, but if you're new to this, here, here it is. So they, these verses have always put people up against each other, but it has to be good matchups. We had Teddy Riley and Babyface at one point. That was a sad one, but you can go ahead and watch it. Um, and so this one, when they said Romeo and Bow Wow, Bow Wow was like, I'm not doing that because there's going to be you know, it, it's not going to be a, a match. Like, Bow Wow was like, I have too many hits, and Romeo does not have that many hits. Yes, people would like to see it because when we were little, you know, people put us against each other because we both were little and we were both black boys and we were both rapping. But other than that, Romeo has not had a rap career as uh, Bow Wow has. And so... You know, he was just kind of like, I'm not going to do it. And then at some point, I guess somebody presented the Soldier Boy. And I, I believe in the beginning, Bow Wow was saying no to that one, too. But I think some money was put up for him to change his mind. And then there was a contract that needed to be signed. And, like, you know, a lot of things. And then Bow Wow agreed. So everybody was like, oh, okay. Because when they first heard it, it was rumors. And we didn't think it was going to happen. But now it is going down. It had gone down. And I watched it. I did not watch it when it came on. Because something in my spirit said, you don't need to watch this one. I'm usually on top of it. Like, I'm usually there ready i'm there before even the artists come out because you know they usually take an extra 20 to 30 minutes after the show's supposed to start which i've learned is is really just a warm-up time so i don't be upset but i'm always there well i watch this one the next day and i was <laughs> very happy that i didn't waste my time and time because I was able to fast forward some of the stuff when i tell y'all that i was so disappointed with this show because uh, let me just help you. Bow Wow is 34 years old. He's a grown man now, okay? I, I know that he has one child. I believe that he has two or he has one on the way, a second one on the way. Uh, Soldier Boy is 31. I think he's 31. These are grown men, okay? Bow Wow came out there and he gave a performance. You know, Bow Wow does... He's been doing concerts back to when he was, you know, Little Bow Wow hopping up on the stage with Snoop Dogg at his concerts to, you know, screen tours and his own tours and all of that. He has a great stage presence on top of the fact that he is an actor, so he knows how to move around, okay? Soulja Boy came there as a clown who doesn't have high self-esteem. You can tell by his antics that his self-esteem is very low. And it read very much non-growing up. It read very much baby boy. It read very much bitter. It just didn't, it came off very bad. And he didn't have enough hits to match um, Bow Wow. So Bow Wow was going hit after hit after hit after hit. And Soulja Boy was playing the same two songs back to back. Like he would play the song and then he would play like one verse. And then he would, then you know, because they go back to back, it would be like Bow Wow's song, he'd turn and he'd play a hit. And then 
Soulja Boy would play the same song with some other rapper's feature on it. He'd just play the other rapper. And then he'd play, you know, Bow Wow would go again. And he'd play the same song with another rapper's feature on it. So it was like he didn't have any songs. It was very bad. It was a bad, bad display of self. And I was just disappointed in the fact that this is... This is what a lot of our black males look up to. And so then this is the attitude that they give off. They can't, you know, move past a certain age. I used to date a guy like that. Like, (laughs) back in my 20s, I used to date a guy who could not get past 17. Like, he really could not get past 17. Let me stop lying. I did not date a guy who could not get past 17. I hung out at somebody's house that was not dating but I did hang out at somebody's house with a guy who was seven you know he was in his 20s we were like the same age but mentally he could not let go of 17 which is one of the biggest reasons why we could not keep on hanging out another one was that we wasn't going on dates but you know we couldn't hang out because he could not let go of 17 he still was trying to be a kid and, you know, relive 17 all the time. And that's cute on little movies with the, the uh, Tia and Tamara Maori twins. But that's not cute in real life. And this grown 30-year-old man still screaming about, you know, he was the first to do something when he was 18. Not that he shouldn't get his accolades, but he's screaming it as though nobody else knows. And he got to keep telling. It, it, it sounds like the same as when some people be like, I'm grown. I'm grown. We know. We get it. It was the same effect. And so I just, I felt bad for Bow Wow that he had to waste his time on that. I mean, because Bow Wow brought out all the stars, the franchise boys, um, dude, he bring out MJG, I think, um, or or somebody else, somebody else from the south. I don't remember. He brought out the brat, of course, JD, of course. You know, he was bringing out people. Now, Bow Wow brought. I mean, Soldier Boy did bring out French Montana. Y'all don't know who that is. <laughs> and then he brought out Lil Romeo. And even when Little Romeo came out, it was bitter. It was like a bitter scene. He came out and was like, oh, yeah, they wanted to see us. You know, you turned down the verses with me, but they wanted to see us because nobody had seen us on stage. Oh, we get it. But you didn't have enough songs for verses, bruh. Bruh. Like, you just didn't have enough songs to stop being bitter about it. And Little Romeo comes from bitter bitter black man too because master p when he speaks he speaks like a a bitter black man and he doesn't speak from authority with himself even though he has he has all that he has even though he has created all that he has created even though he has you know helped out all the people that he helped out he still is bitter about a recognition that he he swears nobody gives him when everybody else is giving him the flowers. He just can't smell them because he refuses to see them. Because if I bring you a dozen and what you're looking for is a room full, you don't see my dozen. And that's where the problem is. People keep on trying to give these men they, they flowers, but they want them in different ways or they want them in bigger showings and they can never appreciate what is being given to them because they always looking for something else. And there's never going to be enough. There's never, ever going to be enough when you do that. And so, you know, of course, this bitter man is going to come on with this other bitter man. And then Nicki Minaj had the nerve to do a verse that was like trying to diss Bow Wow. And I was just like, when did you have beef with Bow Wow? And why are you on team... Uh, uh, what's his name, Soldier Boy, but it seems to me that Nicki Minaj, and y'all don't come for me, I know the Nicki Minaj people, they love to come for somebody, but it seems that Nicki Minaj likes to be on the side of people that, that the rest of the people don't like, and then be mad because people call her, you know, a name or whatever, I'm just feeling like, you know, Nicki, she was already with that 6'9 kid, even though she knew how everybody felt about him, and now she with Soldier instead of being with Bow Wow, not that Bow Wow asked for a feature, but the fact that she went on and gave him a feature, and that feature was dissing 
um, Bow Wow, I just didn't think it was cute, especially if you weren't willing to come in person to like show that it was just the verse. There's still love there. It it looked it looked nasty. The optics of it wasn't good. But if y'all want to go ahead on and see how, you know, sad and whatever that is, if y'all remember some of them Bow Wow songs, then go ahead on over there and, and fast forward past all the, the um, Soulja Boy stuff because it's bad. But Bow Wow put on a show. He did great. He looked great. He sounded great. He had wonderful stamina. Again, he had great stage presence. He brought his daughter out at the end. They have a very good relationship from what we can see on the internet. I'm just very proud of that young man and all that he has done in life. I'm proud of Soldier Boy for some, you know, for the, the, the moves he has made, I guess, in his career, but his personal life, I'm not a fan. Um, and, uh, I guess I'll just move on from there. Okay, so, Q Sweat and Bobby Brown had a versus. If you missed it, go ahead on and, you know, check that out on YouTube. This one, for me, was okay. Before it happened, I was really excited, like, oh, we about to get a show, y'all, but, you know, Usually, the guys do have less energy than the girls. Well, the men have less energy than the women. I think uh, I expected a little bit more energy, except Keith Sweat doesn't really have a lot of give me a, a great amount of energy songs. Like, you know, Bobby Brown does, but if you've seen Bobby Brown in the last five, ten years, you know that that man ain't jumping around like he was when he was in his 20s. Hell, I ain't jumping around like I was when I was in my 20s. So I really don't feel, you know, I I really don't hold it against them in any way. But I don't know. I I guess I just wanted more. They spent the first half of verses sitting in chairs, like thrones on the stage. They really weren't getting up. They weren't doing much of anything. There wasn't even really a lot of singing. Now, I will credit a lot of that to Bobby Brown because he was playing a lot of his new edition stuff. And, you know, when he was with new edition, he was a kid. That voice was mad high there. You know, you're not about to miss the telephone man voice from the Bobby Brown voice. You're not about to get that from him. So he was just like, you know, at one point Keith was like, go ahead on, do it. And he was like, I wish I would. Like, he was like, don't be crazy. I'm not about to come out here and embarrass myself like that. So I think that that's why they spent the first half sitting down because Bobby was like, I'm not really going to perform, perform any of the new edition songs. I'm going to just throw them out here because I was one of the lead singers in the, you know, beginning stages of, the new edition. So I really liked that. You know, it, it wasn't like it was exciting or anything, but it was cool. I, you know, I am one of the things that disappoints me is how a lot of the artists come off very cocky. But I guess, you know, when you have the kind of fame that they have had their whole entire lives, cockiness come with it, I guess. I don't know. I felt like Keith Sweat was a little bit too cocky for my liking, but. It wasn't enough for me to be like, uh, and it wasn't the same kind of cocky as like Soldier Boy when he was there a couple days before this. Um, so then, you know, they did 10 songs. This seemed to go very quickly, their first 10 songs. I don't know if it was because they weren't talking a lot in between the songs or what, but the first 10 seemed to go quickly, or maybe it was just because I knew a lot of the songs and I was singing them. So I don't know. I don't know which one it was, but they then took a break that they told us was going to be five minutes. It was longer than that. I don't know exact, but they, you know, they took a break. Um, and then I, is his name DJ Cassidy? I think his name is DJ Cassidy was the, the, the DJ for the night. And I, I believe he was playing both of their songs for them. He's the guy that if you, you, if you're on, um, face, I mean, not Facebook on YouTube, he does a lot of these, uh, past the mics with all the old, artists from the 80 from the 90s in the early 2000s anytime you you go on and do pass the mic I think it's DJ Cassidy you you'll be able to find him I mean he he has all kind of artists and they do kind of like one verse 
uh, and then you know they pass it to the next person. He passes to the next person. It's pretty. It's pretty cool. It's a cute time. It's a nice time to do. You can watch that on there. But he was on both sides, which made it kind of fair to me because there wasn't like a team and like haters or whatever. It was kind of cool. And then you know, so he he spun. He gave us a whole bunch of you know throwbacks. Because every time the song came on, I was like, oh, okay, Motown family time again. Like, it was just like, <laughs> it was, that line was one of the songs that was really just like, oh, let me get up in this, you know, little dance. One of, that's one of the things that I really like about the verses, especially when it's the people from my time, uh, is that, you know, the song come on and I use that as my exercise time. I get to move in. So like, you know, the song come on, you get a little dancing. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, and then so then the, the people they came back, the people. Keith Sweat and Bobby Brown came back. They had changed clothes. Bobby Brown was sweating. He kept on saying his jacket was hot. They had on all of the sequins and stuff when they first came out. They went backstage, they changed their clothes, they came out a a big not a bit. They they came out more casual, and then they stood up for the second half, which was great. And then this is when they played even more of their hits, and then they played some of their features, and then they played, you know, some of the collabs. Keith Sweat played some uh, songs that he wrote. Uh, if you didn't know, and I'm about to spoil it if you didn't see it already, he, Keith Sweat wrote, Let's Chill. Let's settle down. Once I heard it, I was like, that sound like Keith Sweat would sing. That's something that sound like he would have um, sang. Um, he also sang, uh, he also wrote, uh, Just got paid Friday night, party something. Did y'all know that Keith Sweat wrote that? I did not know that one. I, I felt like... Um, when I heard that one too, I felt like that sound like he sweat though, you know. Um, so that was fun. Bobby Brown, of course, threw out his uh, collab with Whitney because that was his wife, and you know, not everybody got Whitney collabs. So <laughs> it's very. It's, I don't. Are there Whitney collabs? Like I'm thinking now. Well, yeah, there there were a few. There were a few Heartbreak Hotel, the one that she did with, I believe it was Mariah, and then there's one for sure with um, Cece Winans. Uh, but I don't I don't know if there's many more. But they, don't quote me on that. I I know y'all gonna kill me, but I am not a Whitney stan. Meaning I don't know all of the Whitney stuff. Not that I hate her or anything, or I think she's a bad singer. I just don't know. I couldn't tell you right now if there were other collabs. I don't remember. So don't shoot the messenger. I'm just telling you that Bobby did do that. And I, one of the good things about that was Bobby Brown was in on, you know, when it was Keith's turn, Bobby Brown was singing the songs. When it was Bobby's turn, sometimes Keith was there. But he was dancing to the songs. You know, Keith was dancing to the songs. Like, they were up there, and it was a good time. It wasn't It wasn't bad energy. And I really enjoyed that. I love to see when they do the collabs when, they, when they're doing. So, you know, Bob Brown was up there hyping them up and everything like that. It was great. It was wonderful. It was a good look. It was a good time. It was a good feel. And on a Thursday night, like, I think that what they have learned is that if you want to do more like the throwback artists, it's better to do them during the week. And then, I don't know. I think maybe it's better to do them during the week. And then it seems like they're doing more of the newer acts, closer to the weekend because I think we got the Bow Wow and Soldier Boy on a Saturday night or something and then this one came in on Thursday but I but I think that also had something to do with Essence because this was an Essence thing so I think there was also I think they were also um you know like a a um 
concert type thing in-house. I don't know. At some point, Bobby Brown was telling people, somebody, anybody, everybody scream type thing. So I'm assuming that there were, it was like a show at Essence that this was going on at the same time. Didn't look into it. So I don't know. I'm sure one of y'all know. I didn't look into it. I don't know. But I still do think that this was another good one. And I'm looking forward to what's next. There's all of these speculations on who's going to be next, what's going to be next. I just wait for them to tell me. The last one that I heard was Nori Noriega and uh, Beanie Siegel, but I definitely know I don't know enough songs from either one of them to, to join in. So if that one come on, it's going to be a catch it the next day if I feel like it type thing. But we shall see because versus, you know, this is still a, an amazing platform for artists, especially for the older artists, because it makes it makes, you know, it'll make some 20 and 30 something adults go back and listen to their calendar their their calendar listen to their catalog it'll also make some of us I know me for sure go download some of their songs because I didn't have any Bobby Brown songs but there are a couple that I'm like maybe I might still want to listen to it when I'm riding in the car and you know I gotta hit that parkway and I want to feel you know something because I've not already listened to all the songs and already saved so let me throw a couple of new songs some a couple of old songs that are will be new today, you know, <laughs> on my rotation because that's always fun. And so, you know, I think that this is still a wonderful platform, and I'm excited to see if they how how long they can keep this going, and if they are going to open this up to other genres. I hope to goodness that they don't, but there are a lot of people that we're not going to be able to match up with other people equally. And so there are a lot of people who, even though we would like to celebrate them, I don't know if we're going to get the celebration. Now, I still would like to see that Shaka and Stephanie Mills. If that can happen, that may be really good, but who knows? And then, you know, people keep on talking about it and I want 100% agree that maybe they should feature some one one hit wonders and do a one hit wonder show or you know if we could get some of the um, older acts to come out and do something and it's just them kind of like a residency thing but just a one one time thing they only give us like you know a one verse of a couple of things I don't know how that would happen, but you know, I'm thinking of like a Usher or a Janet. I'd love to see them. Maybe like MC Light come on and do something. I don't know who we would put MC Light up against, but if we could get an MC Light or if we could get a collab of people like that, you know, an MC Light, uh, uh, some of the uh, rap rapper women from that time, a cute Queen Latifah, MC Light, um, what's the Lady of Rage? Stuff like that, like if we can get those kind of mixes going together, that would be cool. Somebody said that they would like to see like Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis go up against Babyface uh, just to um, see what's going on. But we already got a Babyface, so I don't know how that's going to work. But, you know, I, I think that if they open it up to some other little features every, not little, but, you know, if they open up to some some features every, look how I'm conditioned. I'm going to say little again. It, you know, if we get those in between some of these, that might even attract more. I know I would be interested in seeing it but I don't know that's just me how y'all feel so we got more sad news um I mean I guess it depends on who you are on how you feel about it But Bill Cosby is getting out of prison. We just learned that it just came across the interwebs. And so I saw it and was just kind of like, I have different feelings about this. Is that possible? Like, can I have more than one feeling at a time about this? Because I do have more than one feeling at a time about this. No, I have more than one feeling at the same time about this. Bill Cosby 
created and I believe produced a show that is very near and dear to my heart, which is the Cosby show, the first one. I'm a fan of the second one as well. I still watch those episodes to judge me if you want to, but, you know, what you going to do about it? I do still watch those shows. Um, but, so I'm a, a fan of Cliff Huxtable. Okay. And then on the second Cosby show, right now I can't think of his name on there, but he's still not Bill on there. So <clears throat> I'm, you know, removed. I guess I remove myself from it, and I'm a fan of the characters that he has played, and more so I'm I'm a fan of the family that was created on the shows, okay? Everybody, not just him, but the, the, the group, the cast of those shows and the stories that were told and the way that they were told. I am a fan. I still have very vivid memories of episodes. The garbage can episode is one of my very favorite. The garbage can lid um, episode is one of my very favorites. That is my very one of my very favorite scenes on TV in total. Um, that was the one where Vanessa brought home her husband and they had the dinner and you know sitting at the, the table, whatever. That that is one of my favorite episodes and scenes. But Bill Cosby, the person, the news of them, there was a comedian, a comedian named uh, Hannibal Burris, I believe is his name, and he was one of the people who kept talking about how, you know, Bill Cosby was drugging women and having sex with them and basically, you know, that is rape and he was the first person talking about it on stage that drew a lot of attention to it and but but he drew he drew a lot of attention to it because of the fact that there was a recording a video recording of Bill Cosby talking about the fact that he gave quaaludes to women and then you know like you just put it in their drink and then after a while they get a little loose and then you know we you know what happens after that and um you know, after that kind of came out and people really started paying attention to it, women did start coming out and saying, yes, I was one of those women. And then there were, you know, women, woman after woman after woman who was, uh, you know, accusing, who had accused him of drugging them and then having sex with them without consent, okay? Eventually, I believe one case, Stuck because a lot of them they were saying were too old to try him and so there was one case that stuck and that one case he was tried and then convicted I don't remember how many years he got but he got a couple of years and um, that was apparently I thought it was a long time ago I really thought it was longer than it was but what I'm understanding is that it was only it's only been two two and a half years uh, ago that Bill Cosby went to prison. It just seems so long ago, but I guess because we just lived through a pandemic and the year before that was very trying for me, it seemed like a very long time. But uh, like I said, the news just was released that they are that they are going to let Cosby go free. The reason why he is going free is because apparently at some point there was a, a prosecutor who this information came to him, and then there was a promise to Bill Cosby that if he came in to do a deposition, that he would not be tried for the crimes. So Cosby went in and did the deposition, which is the video that I believe was the um, the topic for Hannibal Burst when he was talking about it in one of his comedy specials. Um and Bill Cosby wholeheartedly agreed that, yes, he puts quaaludes in people's drinks. There is a video of him talking about it on Larry King Live. And on there, he is saying, yes, I put quaaludes in people's, in women's drinks. And then, you know, saying that he 
would then, you know, wait for it to take effect and then he'd do whatever it was that Bill Cosby's mind thought that he wanted to do with, with the women, okay? And so the 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 deposition was taken and that prosecutor said that he wouldn't try him. Apparently another prosecutor came through and it came across his desk when like, you know, when everybody when it, all the women started to, you know, come forward, this new prosecutor was just like, you know, we're going to prosecute him. Well, now there Cosby's lawyers basically said it's not fair for one to say that he can't be tried and then another one to come through and try him and because he came and did the deposition and told the truth on the deposition because of the promise of no prosecution. Pretty much the, the court said, you're right, he shouldn't have to do it and so you got to let him go and this man can never be retried for these crimes. What I also believe is that there's going to be some kind of cash settlement. I believe that Bill Cosby and or his family will try to get some kind of settlement for a wrongful conviction because he wasn't allowed. He should not have even went to jail. And I believe that Bill Cosby, this was a push, push, push because Bill Cosby um, up in up in age and they worried about him dying in jail. So he may be getting out of prison and then, you know, we're going to see him on his last days as, <laughs> as the fanatic Christians like to say, you know, and, and so I believe that that's where we at, like, you know, Bill Cosby is in his last days and they didn't want that man to die in jail. They wanted him to be able to have, you know, a quote unquote, you know, real funeral or whatever, like a service and a celebration of his works and whatnot. And you can't do that if you die in prison, I don't believe. I don't know how they do it if you're a celebrity and you die in prison. I don't know any celebrities. I don't know about any celebrities who have died in prison, but I believe that that's what it is. Now, one of my other fears is that this is going to do, this is going to have some kind of Harvey Weinstein uh, domino effect, you know, and, and, uh, and so we, I, I just hope that, you know, this doesn't mean that all of the inappropriate touch or whatever get out of prison, but we shall see what happened. All I know is the man getting out of jail and it's going to be soon. Now this one, I I not sure if everybody is very familiar with her, but there was a story. Well, we're familiar with Wendy Williams, but so Wendy Williams, the story was about Wendy Williams and comments she made about Tabitha Brown. Tabitha Brown is a um in internet influencer. She's a you know a influencer who I believe is in her forties. And she's done a lot of the, like, vegan stuff. You know, she does a lot of videos about, you know, being a vegan and things like that. Right now, she was on, I believe she's on The Shy. Yes, she was, she's on The Shy. I couldn't think about her child, but yes, she is on The Shy. And um, she, but she's been, you know, trying to get into acting and she. I believe there's a there may be a podcast. I'm not very sure. But she's all over the place. She's also the woman who's been pushing like those goji berries. If you if you've seen her, she has this very calming voice when she speaks and everything like that. But the story is about Wendy Wick, um Tabitha Brown had gone on somewhere on the internet. And there was a video up of her talking about retiring her husband. Her husband had been working for um, the police department. And I don't know if it's been 20 years or 15 years or how many years he's been working for the police department. But she has decided to retire her husband from having to go to work as a police officer anymore. What Where the controversy came in was that Wendy Williams was saying, you know... This is a problem. Now, Tabitha Brown has gone on to her. Okay, what Wendy Williams was saying was that she thinks it's a bad idea for Tabitha to 
retire her husband. The one of the reasons she gave was because if this man has been in his career for the the past 15, 17, 20 years and then you tell him to come hit on and stay home, then now he's dependent on you and your money to live and that don't that will eventually not sit well with the man. That was that was one of her her reasons. Her other reason which is the bigger reason was her saying that that's what she did for her husband and then he became her manager and it all blew up in her face, okay? Where this became a bigger news story was that Tabitha Brown responded to Wendy Williams and her response was one of those things where after you hear it, you like, oh, she gave it to you, but she did it very nicely. You guys, you guys could go up on the internet and listen to it. It, it was, it was nicely said. It was one of those things where it was very classy, but it was also like, okay, lady, I got your number, okay. And the 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 interesting thing for me was just. Wendy Williams, you're projecting your bad relationship on somebody else because Wendy Williams was saying, now that he is retired, I don't think that their marriage is going to last long. But she was basing her thoughts about Tabitha's relationship with her husband off of her relation, Wendy's personal relationship with her own ex-husband. And yes, he did you dirty. And, and apparently people feel like he had been doing you dirty for years and you were blinded by that or whatever. But that doesn't have to be everybody's story. Now, we all, always know that there, there's a possibility if you're in a relationship, there is also always a possibility that somebody going to hurt you, break your heart, embarrass you, disrespect you. That is a possibility when you are willing to put your love on the line, your heart out on a table. It's a possibility that some people, that person that you, you know, put it out there for will pick it up, put it in a pocket, cherish it, lock it up, and take care of it. It's a possibility that that the exact opposite will come and somebody will come kick that dang thing off a table and let watch it roll around, get dirty, whatever, pick it up, throw it up against a wall, all of that, you know, all of that toxic stuff. But you never know. And I just feel like, you know, sorry to Wendy that her relationship went bad, but don't project that onto somebody else. And never, 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 never wish a black couple, um, never wish a black couple downfall or whatever I don't know don't don't wish bad on a black couple a black love they've been together for a good long time because Tabitha asked her husband to give her five years to get her career kicking and it actually took 15 years for her to get to where she is today but she here and she's like we hear so much that that you can go ahead on and stop working and work on your dream now in the video that Tabitha did in the response video it was a lot of her explaining like her husband already got a plan they already know what they doing and her saying you know for her for Tabitha and her husband they keeping God first in their relationship and their personal lives and, you know, that for her makes her feel like this is a different situation than whatever Wendy got going on. And she said that, you know, I hope that somebody love you enough that you can not be worried about, you know, being mean to people or saying negative things or whatever. I don't know. I, w- I didn't remember all of it. I wasn't memorizing the, the conversation, the, the clap back or if you want to call it a clap back. Now, you might not want to call it a clap back, but I will tell you that somebody took the video that Tabitha Brown did and they put the ether beat behind it and it do sound like clap back. You got to find that on the internet yourself. If you're looking for it, Kev on stage Facebook page has it up right now. So you can K-E-V-O-N-S-T-A-G-E. You can go look that up on his page and you'll see it with the with the ether um song playing in the background. When I tell you the internet don't never cease to amaze me what the black what the black people will do in a quick hot minute with a piece of something. I'm just like, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Anyway, I am hoping that this doesn't turn into something where, um, what's her name? Wendy feels like she needs to respond again on her talk show. 
and you know comes out negative about it because this this ain't something that we want to see the people don't want to see this i just want wanted to acknowledge that there is a way to respond to people even on the internet with class and style and i'm not coming to you about being classy like um male monique i'm just saying that there is a way to do it where you don't have to get with the rah-rahs but you still make them feel like you was with the rah-rahs okay so there was an article in the new york times that's entitled um return to office some women of color aren't ready, okay? I did not see the article, mostly because I do not subscribe to the um, publication. If somebody want to pay for my subscription, go hit on and uh, let me know. You can put that down in the Patreon. But I was listening to another podcast, and they were talking about this subject, and I thought it was pretty interesting because... Some of the, some of the um, points that were hit were things that I didn't think about. Let me start this off. I, I don't know if I've said this before. I feel like I have, but I have always worked in spaces where it was predominantly black people. Um, most of the time, I didn't even interact with white people for <laughs> most of the time in my working career. So some things I I never deal with, although I am very aware of what happens. I, I really do understand a lot of it. I didn't have to experience a lot of it. And so when I was listening to this podcast talk about, um, you know, some things that they went through from working in spaces it made me think about a lot of my friends now I've had conversations I I don't number one I don't keep a large friend circle number two the majority of the people who I would say are my friends um they either do not work in spaces where they are there are a lot of um white people or they don't work in spaces at all where there are white people so you know it's very interesting it was a very interesting conversation that I was listening to because I was like I have one friend who definitely works in corporate America and I never thought to ask her how she felt in this way so these are questions that I just learned were you know concerning and I once I learned them I was like oh I 100% understand and agree with all of these so some of the things them some of the the topics that were brought up were number one code switching which I am very familiar with code switching. A lot of times I find myself doing it, like if I am on my walk and I interact with people, I walk, uh, my walk is in a predominantly white neighborhood. And so when I go on the walk, there's pretty much all <laughs> only white people outside. And so that's who I interact with. And I I hear myself a lot of times speaking in a manner that I'm in my while I'm talking in my head I'm going this ain't how you talk like just talk to them the way you talk they don't even know you like you they're not responsible for checks or anything like that so code switching I am very familiar with because I think as black children especially if you go to public school you learn how to code switch very quickly because you understand that you have to do it for the teachers. You understand that you got to do it at the doctor's office. You understand that you have to do it at the bank. Like, you know, you learn it quickly without anybody having to say it. I know that my family has never one time spoken about how they have to talk when they are around white people. It was never a conversation growing up. And like the term code switching is a newer term for me personally I don't know if that's what y'all been talking about for years and years on years but like that's not something that I 
have had to, like that's not a phrase that I have used in my 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 conversations growing up. However, I am familiar with it. So, code switching is one of the things that when you are at when you are people have been working remotely. A great number of people have been working remotely and those people would like to stay home because of the the less stress that goes on because they don't have to co-switch all day. It's a lot to have to do. You know, people go back to, if you're not familiar, if you're a Caucasian person, if you're a white person listening to this podcast, hey girl, um, but there are a lot of your coworkers who like go to their car, they stay, you know, walk away from the building to make a call because they are trying to get a connection back to themselves where they don't have the code switch. They, you know, they listen to some music that brings them back to themselves. They talk to a friend that brings them back to themselves. Something because the the requirement for the code switching in office is draining and if you guys didn't know that it is if you're somebody in HR it's draining and so to be at home it's freeing to be able to you know get on zoom talk to your people for a quick meeting and then get off that thing and be able to breathe and go ahead on and do your work without that pressure of needing to uh, be concerned with how you're saying things, what words you're using, the tone that you have to use, because like, yes, I do understand. Like when I have to change into that, it's like, I don't know. uh, mm, mm. And if I had to do it for eight hours, uh, like, you know, like I can't. And I'm like, even thinking about it now, it's just like, that is disgusting. And it's unfortunate that so many people have to do this, had to do it for years and still have to do it. And so I could understand that being a reason why people aren't ready to go. Also, people have been home and they have been able to wear their hair the way they want to, wear, be dressed the way that they would like to. And what I mean is, I know a lot of people, we've seen the TikToks and the Instagram reels and the stories and all of that. Whereas the sketches where the people are dressed from the top up and then they are not dressed from the bottom down. The same as, you know, we would think that news anchors, we used to think news anchors were like that. But there's there's something different where it has been freeing that black women have been able to wear their natural hair without people trying to touch it, without people questioning how does that even occur. Like, like you know... Uh, Tiffany, I didn't know, like, your hair was short yesterday. Why is it, how's it long today? What do you mean it's extensions? Oh, my gosh, your hair is so puffy. Let me touch it. Like, all of that stuff they don't have to deal with. These are stresses. Like, when I, you know, sometimes I, I, I can understand a person being in their mind saying, oh, my gosh, I really would like to wear my hair curly today and then looking in the mirror and deciding I guess I should put the ponytail in maybe I should hit it, hit them with the bun because I really just don't want anybody in the office feeling like they could like poof it or pat it or I saw a video the other day when the lady was saying that somebody complimented her curls and then when she turned around the woman stuck her hand in the back of her head and it's just like number one why the hell would you do that but number two do you know how stressful that is to a person to to decide that they want to look a certain way and that there are people in the office who just feel like that is an invitation for groping like that's from for inappropriate touch like I don't I really don't understand but that is the thing like I you know being at home Women are able to wear their their hair in the braids, wear their hair in the curly state, wear it in a in an afro, you know, just like out without somebody calling them unprofessional, without somebody questioning it, questioning the the you know technique, without somebody wanting a hair care uh, tutorial right quick. It's like we're at work, 
Sarah, I don't need to, I don't want to tell you my method of how I get my hair to be like that. I don't know how you get your hair to be like, like you do. Do you want to go through your hair care routine with me too? Is this like cosmetology time at work or not? Because I just don't think that I need to do all of this explaining. Do you have a black child at home that you need to, you know, get some care information on? Because if you don't, why am I giving you some kind of tutorial for free about how I care, manage to get my hair in this particular style anyway <laughs> I could see how that would be stressful I, I I think that one of the other ones that I'm trying to trying to remember some of the other things that were said um there was there was one reference that there was um this is all on the podcast guys this isn't from the New York Times because like I said I didn't read the New York Times I just got the topic from them reading the New York Times. So one of the other things that they said on the podcast was that there was a woman who was, I believe, of an Asian descent. And she was saying that when she was in her office, at when she was at work in the office, she tried to decorate her space with her cultural... I'm going to say cultural decorations. I don't really know. And I'm not saying it to be disrespectful, but I can't right now for the life of me think of a better explanation. So let's just say she culturally decorated her space. And then there was like all of this talk about it. And then they wanted her to explain every little piece. This is like, it's not lesson time in here. This is just what I want to put. In my space, if you want to put your gingham up in your space or if you want to put your twine up in your space, we don't got to have a conversation and a history lesson on twine from over there. Why do I have to tell you about all the fabrics and the things that go on over here? Like, I don't understand. So, like, and so there was a woman who was saying, but when she was on Zoom, she could put those things in her background and nobody was ever questioning her reason for why she put it up and where to come from. And, you know, it just, she didn't have to give a history lesson on any of her things. And it was just a little freeing. I didn't think about any of those things because I, I, you know, like I said, I never had to experience any of that you know, we we all should know here, if you've, you've been here, you've been riding for the first half of the pandemic, I worked out of my home. And then it, even even longer than that, for what, two, we stopped, things started slowing down February, let's give it March, which would have put us at three. And then I started a different job that was a work from home in October, which was 10, which is like seven months, seven months of the pandemic. I worked, I was an essential worker and I worked out of the home. Okay. And like I said, I worked pretty much by myself, the, the, the whole entire time. So I didn't interact with any other ethnic groups. Um, and other than the participants that I assisted with. Right. Um, but then, you know, once I worked from home there, the majority of the people from what I understood, or maybe even from, and this would be me having prejudices, but from the names and the the voices that I could hear in my training class, oh no, I saw a lot of the people when I went to go pick up my equipment. So, and that were in my class, a majority of those people were Caucasian, but I didn't have to interact with most of them because I was working from home, so it still was kind of like independent. But you know, I had to interact with some Caucasian people, but it still wasn't the same because we weren't in office. Now, I will tell you that I've had I had some very bad experiences with the group of people that I was, you know, under, but we ain't going to get into all of that. But I'm just, you know, now I would like to talk to my friends and my, my one friend who I know works corporate and say like, what are, you know, do you have any concerns about any of these things? And so if you are a person who maybe didn't think about um, this, and this is why I wanted to have the conversation, this is because I, I think that some of us didn't even think about how free 
you guys were from those type of what they would, you know, consider more microaggressions that happen in the office and expectations that happen in office. So now that the world is opening up more and they are requiring masks less and less, even though we do, it does kind of seem like there's going to be a turnaround quickly. Um, what do you guys feel about people going in the office? I know people are already there and some of your you guys' companies are starting to talk about how to get there. So what are your what are your feelings about going back into the office? Because I'm concerned for y'all. <laughs> Because, like, you in danger, girl. And I just, you know, I feel like, you know, I don't know that there, I don't have the confidence in these corporations that there were enough, there has been enough set up, even though we've, we've had all of this talk about, you know, Black Lives Matter and laws that have been passed, you know, as far as hair and things like that. I still don't have confidence that this, that corporations are prepared to, accept back, welcome back the people of color that work in their offices. So that's just a concern for me. What What's it doing for you? Okay, y'all. So the holiday is coming up. The 4th of July is coming up. Um, we did a huge, as a collective, as a collective community, we did huge Juneteenth celebrations all over the place. I don't want to see y'all with the red, white, and blues coming on. And you mean know, everybody do what they want to do, but I kind of feel like if we did all this Juneteenth celebration, we should not be out here with the red, white, and blues for the July 4th cookout. You could put stuff on the grill because you have the day off if that's the case, but like the red, white, and blues for for the flag after you done did the whole Juneteenth thing seems a little fishy. But that's, like I say, you could cook out if you want to. Everybody should have a cookout. Cookouts are fun. They great. I've been to many of them. I pretty much enjoyed myself every time. Put a couple things on that grill. Get y'all some corn. I'm looking forward to some corn this weekend. It don't have to be on the 4th of July. I just want to make sure that I get some corn on my grill this weekend. It could be tomorrow. It don't matter to me. I, I would like to have some grilled corn. That's all I'm saying. Um, but, you know, I would also, I just want to let you guys know that I want you to be safe out here in these streets. Keep your mask if you ask me. Still wash your hands. I should not have to tell y'all this. Even in a, even with the pandemic being slowed down and people being able to go outside, washing your hands should be a normal, regular thing in your life. In your life. Or get you some hand sanitizer at least. Like put some in your car, put some in your purse, put some in your bag, put some in your pocket if you don't carry anything. Put some in, I don't know, stick it up in your bun if you need to, but use the hand sanitizer, okay? And, um, you know, I guess y'all, I'll be here. Y'all already know I'm on social media. My TikTok is going cry, cry. You can go over there and watch me. I'm posting things on Instagram on the Just Saying podcast page. And again, if you want to pay for my subscription to the New York Times, I can go ahead on and give y'all more stories. Let me know. My, uh, my, uh, cash app is in the show notes down in the descriptions. And I will see y'all again next week. Be safe, y'all. Bye.